right, it's that day of the week again. The best day of the week. It is Wednesday, and that means it's Hanger Podcast Day. Welcome back to the Hanger. Coach Mo into his house, kicking off the very best intro. Chase is here looking at me, and he didn't allow me to say what's up, everybody. So I wanted to make sure that I got the intro right. So anyway, Ben is in the house, the undisputed, undefeated Benjamin Derrick. Yeah, I think I'll give you a I'll give you a B minus. Not bad. No, then we're starting over. Not bad on your intro. <laughs> starting I mean, Chase, over. I've been Chase sets a very high standard. You had to follow that on the fly. You did a pretty good job. Your voice felt very authoritative. Let's. I don't know. I think we should leave it in there. I was trying to just live up to Chase's awesomeness. Yeah. Well, the longer you pause, the more nervous I get about what's going to be said next. So I think we should probably acknowledge the fact that we're going into our, what is this, our third week now of Fire Away, where I had this, what I thought was a really intelligent idea at the time, to bring females into the Hangar Podcast Studio. We have two new guests for this week, and uh, I'm considerably more nervous this week than I was in the prior weeks. We have Megan, which we will not speak her last name to protect her identity, uh, and also Wendy, not speaking her last name to protect her identity. Two of our favorite female friends coming into the Hangar Podcast Studio. Ladies, you've got to realize that if we invite you in here to speak to men, we are exercising a high level of trust in you both. So I want to say... uh, that is Chase clapping off, clap off mic. Right I'm not sure how he's going to get that out of there. So we want to say welcome to Megan. Welcome to Wendy. Thank you both so much for being here. Hey, guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks. We're excited to be here. Man, they're starting very friendly. This could be this could be, be good. Super pumped. Yeah, so let me just set the stage <laughs> we for like y'all. where yeah. Let me set the stage for where this conversation is going to go today. Um, we do a lot of talking here in uh, the podcast, but also just hangar wide, discussing that it's a man's job to man his territory, to protect the things that are in his territory, which includes a lot of things. But one thing we've realized over the past couple of years is the most confusing thing to men to care for is the woman, which presents a lot of difficulty for us. One of the, the biggest things that we've acknowledged over time here is that most men have not been taught how to do that well. Uh, they haven't been initiated, or if they were initiated, it was in a locker room somewhere, and we're not developing in the way that we should, and we believe that women are paying the price for that, and as a result, the men are paying the price for that. So we brought you in here today to basically discuss kind of how your stories have gone with men who have not cared for you well when you were in their territory, and spoiler alert here, you have removed yourself from their territory, which is often the result, but we just want to expose the language of what that pain looks looks like when a man does not care well for a woman that is in his care. Now, we do want to say not in a chauvinistic way. That's not what we're after. But we do believe that it's a, uh, a God-given responsibility for a hanger man to look after everything. And that means caring for in a service way, not a domineering way. Uh, not to lead you too much in your conversation, but I'd just like to hear, starting with Megan, I'd just like to hear maybe a, a brief summary of how it went for you, one of the initial times that you willingly placed yourself in another man's territory. Yeah, I um, placed myself in a relationship when I was a young teenager that was no good at all, and I knew it, but I also liked the rebellious side of it. And because of choices made over the next few years, I ended up married to that relationship, literally, um, and stuck. And I was not cared for by him in any way. Um, 
he cared about sex a lot, but for all the wrong reasons. And two children came out of that marriage. Um, and I was the provider. I was the emotional caregiver for the children. I took care of him. Um, he would go off on drug binges for a few days at a time, and I wouldn't know where he was, what state he would be in when he came home mentally. There were threats, and um, I would get calls from other people, threatening calls from his dealers. I got calls from girls that he was in college with. Um, he was That was one of his ways to get out of working was he would go to school, and so I could keep supporting us financially. Um, and so it was a nightmare, not because I was scared of him necessarily, but I never knew what was coming. I never knew what any day would bring. I was doing everything, taking care of everybody. And he was like another child. Um, and so all the stress was on me all the time. And he could care less. He just, he was raised in, a, in an environment where he was not taught to take care of women or the children that he had. And so he just did whatever he wanted to. And I had to do it all. And so it got to the point where I felt like that's all I deserved because of everything that I had done in the relationship to get myself there. I'd been okay with it, and I'd allowed it, and then he expected it all. And so that's all I expected of myself. I would never get out of that relationship, and I put myself on a level of that's all I deserved and nothing more. So how old were you in this, when all this started? When I met him, I was 16. So my, part of my curiosity in hearing just that little piece of your story is, what was he 16? No. No. He was 20. He was 20. Okay, so what was this 20-year-old, uh, I almost called him a man accidentally, what was this 20-year-old boy able to do uh, to convince you basically to walk into his boundaried area and, and link up with him? What, what was it in you that allowed that? Oh, he had a great personality, to begin with, I mean, funny, very charming. He could sweet talk anyone, including my parents at one point. And he was a lot of fun. And when I was 16, I didn't care whether or not he had a great job. I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about the future at all. Hmm. I was thinking about right then and there. And so his job at the restaurant that he worked for, that was enough to pay for the supplies that we needed to uh, party with right and put gas in the car which i had not him he didn't have a car um if you've ever heard that scrub song from tlc that describes our <laughs> every time i hear it now Man, I'm like, it feels like I everything thinking? goes back to 90s rap with megan i just yes. have to if you could call that rap i don't know what that is but mm. So part of what I'm thinking as I'm hearing your story is that it is possible, and I think men need to hear this. I think a lot of men exist at this level. Mm -hmm. It's possible to woo uh, a woman into your territory under extremely false pretense, mm -hmm. knowing that there's really nothing behind that. But the end game for the man at this point, especially at that age, is usually sex. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, there's a link there that's very, very difficult to break, which we can get into in a minute. Uh, Wendy, I just want to get kind of your opinion as you're hearing a little bit of this story. Does it match any of your story, even as, uh, no, I know it wasn't that young, but in the right. relationships that you've been in, do you hear some similarities there? Not at all. Yeah, mine is quite the opposite, actually. Um, I didn't have 
um, I was with someone who was much older than myself. Actually, he was 16 years my senior, but he uh, had no problems with drugs. He was he was quite the the front man, as I would say. So, you know, on the outside looking in, he was very spiritual. Very um, his personality was awesome. You know, he could charm anybody, guy or girl. Um, but behind closed doors, he was abusive in a lot mm-hmm. of forms. Um, so unlike you, I was terrified mm-hmm. of him. I Many a nights I put furniture to block the door, thinking that I was not going to wake up the next morning, um, which was weird because then a few hours later, that same person would be reading his Bible and then come back upstairs and act like, you know, that particular physical fight or situation or conversation never happened. Um, hmm. So I just pretended like that as well because when I confronted it, um, it you know the blame was turned back on me, as though I was the one that started it, or maybe I said something wrong, or I was the one that was in a bad mood. And I think over time, um, I just started believing the lies. Um, I just believed everything that was that I was told, and I spiraled into a, a horrible depression and a lot of anxiety that went with that and then I just believed that it was all my fault and the more I believed it was my fault the more I believed um, the manipulation that had occurred was because of all the things I had done and that I was worthy of nothing more than what Mm -hmm. had been presented to me at the time so it wasn't until I got into some serious counseling that I realized um, there was quite a few issues of him that stemmed a lot from his childhood that he had never dealt with um, that were bubbling over long before he met me. So the transmission, um, two things I'm picking up on here. One is fear. I want to come back and address that. Uh, but what strikes me is is so blatant in both of your stories so far is there's this transmission of issue. And I, I don't know if this is correct. I just want to ask that it, it seems like, the, for lack of a better term, the female spirit takes issues that maybe originate outside of themselves then adopts them and makes them something that's wrong with them is that i mean i'm trying to say this as a man so it's really difficult but does that idea make sense like this started with this other guy but being in relationships with this other guy now i am depressed i am believing these Mm -hmm. things are the only thing that i deserve that that's a true part of what goes on in these situations yeah i would say so and i think some of it i know for me it's the the mentality that we as women have that nurturing mentality and we want to help people and I thought that I could help him or uh, I would mother him in a way to try and fix things um, if I confronted him on an issue he would always bring it back to his past his childhood his mom that abused him or his dad that wasn't there and so that would just break my heart all over again and he knew how to do that how to get out of confronting his issues that made him not a man so let's say that a man right now is listening to this and he's in his car he's driving to work or perhaps headed to the affair how would you suggest that men begin to participate with the women that are in their territory honestly i i'm all open about the weakness like, I love to see that a man's struggling because that means you're human and we're covered by the grace of God. And that is what it's supposed to be like. I think that that's what a relationship should be. I mean, you're not supposed to be perfect. 
Um, and I think that when you go to the person that you're with, then you're held more accountable as I'm struggling with this and I need to talk to my, my boys about this and I need some prayer about this yeah. and some guidance, but it also allows women to feel emotionally connected, which is something that we struggle with because when you, when, when we feel like we're in these relationships, which are just controlled and domineering and we are just feared, there's really no emotional connection there. We are looking for a false sense of security, which almost always comes from sex. Yep. I mean, to be quite honest, because yeah. we are just craving that intimacy that isn't there. Um, so I think for me, a lot of it was when I tried to talk to him about what I could see the struggles were, the rage came out into like insanely because no man wants to admit that there's a problem there. No man wants to admit that there's a weakness there, that there's something that they need to work on because no man wants to admit that he can't handle it. Right. Um, but I think for, for me or for most women, they do want to see that, wow, I've got an issue with this and I really need to work on it and I'm seeing I'm seeing this I need your help with this can we pray about it together or can we work on it together or can I go talk to someone with you um I think that that creates a different kind of relationship in a marriage or a, a dating world or what have you where women feel like they feel like more of a teammate instead of just like someone that's ordered around mm -hmm. if that makes sense at all yeah, I think, and this would be, it, it kind of, just for me, to be honest, like, completely honest, all this time when we talked about not bringing your weakness to the woman, I was, like, completely confused. I'm not going to lie. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, all this time, I'm like, uh, well, I don't know that I agree, because I, I kind of thought along the same wavelength mm -hmm. uh, as you, and, and I was, as you were talking, it kind of clicked for me. I, I don't think we're talking about vulnerability. Okay. We're not talking about being authentic. We're not talking about being willing to be vulnerable with your with your with your wife, with your okay. partner. I think what he's talking about is those things that are making you. And correct me if I'm wrong, Ben. I will. The, I, I know. I just wanted to give you permission. <laughs> uh, those things that are are limiting you as a man, limiting us as a man in our masculine journey. So our weaknesses being uh, the things that are flaws, right? So like I'm insecure, mm -hmm. I'm an insecure man. Mm -hmm. So bringing my insecurity and allowing that to drive my, my relationship with my wife I got you. is mm -hmm. bringing my weakness, right. but mm -hmm. coming to her and saying, listen, I struggle with insecurity mm -hmm. and having that conversation is me being vulnerable. Uh -huh. yeah. So I think you're right. what There's you're, what there. you're asking mm -hmm. for is from a man vulnerability right. and authenticity mm -hmm. But what we're cautioning men to do, mm -hmm. or cautioning men from, I don't know if I said that right, is taking all of those things that make you less of a man and living in relationship with your woman from that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. There's there's a very distinct difference between mm -hmm. bringing your, your weakness to the woman that's in your territory and saying, please fix this for me. And predominantly how men do that means please give me an orgasm. That's mm -hmm. what we mean. Right. Yep. That's different than saying, hey, I need you to understand that I'm working through some things. Mm -hmm. But I've already taken this to a company of men where I can have that initial vulnerability. I can have that initial rage. I can get those top level emotions out so that when I bring those things to the women that are in my territory or the one... Primarily, we would say the woman that's in my territory. When I bring that to the woman in my territory, then there isn't this need that's kicked off in the woman that you guys have already described. Mm -hmm. I need to fix that. 
Right. I need to get in and, and, and try to fix that. And mother, there's just a settled nature. So yeah, vulnerability, genuineness, authenticity, that's all going to create that emotional connection mm-hmm. that men are so difficult. <laughs> they find it so difficult to do that for a lot of reasons that we, we talk about in times when you guys aren't here. Uh, but that's what we mean by that. But I think what I'm hearing you say so clearly is that for you to feel cared for, you have to feel connected right. to the, to the yes. man that is in your territory, not as though he is a boss in a warehouse somewhere, mm-hmm. but you're sharing life. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I think I've been confused about for a lot of my adult life, so I'm going to say most men probably have as well. What does it really look like for you to be connected to the man that's in your territory? As a female, what does that look like? Can I interrupt, though? I'm sorry. I know you asked a question, but I have to say something. Otherwise, it'll just drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes because it goes back to what we were just talking about. Women, from what I'm understanding, at least the two women that are in this room, it's hard for me to feel comfortable just attaching that to all women because not all women are the same. Right. But for the most part, the majority of women generally want to feel connected and they want to see some vulnerability from their man. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's two problems with that. Mm-hmm. One is most women or most men have not been taught how to do that Correct. especially to a woman mm-hmm. yep because then you're weak right and most women from what i've experienced don't respond in a way mm-hmm. that allows that to continue because hmm. then we feel like you think we're not a man so it's almost like a risk and we don't know that we can take that risk because mm-hmm. if we come in there vulnerable mm-hmm. and we respond not in the way that, that right. we should be responding, then you shut down and right. you're not going to do it again. And yep. it's like, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. Yeah. So this is the woman mm-hmm. that, that this is the woman that's in my life. I am I am her man. Right. And every man wants to be your champion, mm-hmm. just so you know, unless he's not a man. And then all he wants to do is have sex. Right. Mm-hmm. But every man wants to be your champion. So if you are. If I'm if I'm going to approach my wife and I'm going to be vulnerable and her idea of what a man is was defined by a broken man. Mm -hmm. Right. Then she will see me as less of a man. And then now where am I? Right. Mm. So there's a there's a I think there's a a line that that needs to be that needs to be approached. But I think that it's a conversation that needs to happen like this Mm -hmm. with men and women who are willing to be honest about that and say, look, yeah, I would love to be vulnerable with you because that would be a deeper connection for us. And it would result in everything that I hope for in a marriage. Right. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. your definition of what a man is, is also skewed because you have been taught Mm -hmm. poorly Mm -hmm. about what a man should be. Yeah, I think that's probably the case. Um, As we would say, unfortunately, that is probably the case. But one thing I want to drop into the space here is just this idea of insecurity that often we talk about the the woman has insecurity issues and that they crave security, but men are insecure as well. So I hear, Wendy, I heard a little bit of like, yep, 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 been there. So have (laughs) have you had these experiences where there's like this moment of vulnerability and then the man closes off and it becomes something different or has this gone wrong for you before? Um, I could see where there was a little bit of vulnerability. Like, let's just say I could see in moments and this was, um, in this recent relationship and actually the one before I can look back and see there were moments of vulnerability and, and I, maybe I responded well and there was a great conversation, but then the next day, maybe the walls went back up. There was like fear. Mm. 
that set back in of what did I just say? What did I just do? As a man, I'm panicking. And then all those walls come back up and everything sort of um, steps are taken back, if that makes sense. Sort of like I'm going to undo what I just said because now I'm I'm kind of I'm scared about what I just said, maybe. And so the fear sets in in the man of insecurity about what do I look like now to her? Mm-hmm. And because of that, I don't want to look that way. I don't want to look weak. And so now I'm going to come on more aggressive and more controlling so that she doesn't see me that way. And that was probably the biggest part in the past relationship, the, the those small moments of vulnerability where there were good conversations, um, maybe a few hours passed, and a lot of those um, hurts and fears came back, and those little panic people inside his head came back as to what did you just say or do? And then the aggression came out like tenfold. Yeah, we call that the vulnerability hangover. Mm-hmm. It's like you wake up the next day and you realize, oh right. my gosh, what did I do? What, <laughs> what did I say? Where's my car? It's like buyer's <laughs> remorse. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I think what, what I love what we're doing here is we're just, we're having this conversation so that other men don't have to take their relationships to this conversation. So I really, mm-hmm. I want to just, as we're kind of making the turn now to wrap the episode, I just want to get very uh, real for a sec. Not that we haven't been before, but these sort of interactions and relationships between men and women almost always dissolve. And both mm-hmm. of you made the decision to say, I'm getting out of here. I'm mm-hmm. not doing this anymore. So as a result, uh, these men have squandered their opportunity to be in relationship with you long term, mm-hmm. which is their loss, right? That's how it always works out. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I'd just like to hear a little bit of the language of what it means or what it looks like for a woman to finally reach that point where they say, I'm getting out of here. What is it that is the straw that breaks the camel's back for a woman? For me, it was, it started the day that we were to bring my daughter home from the hospital and he didn't show up. And my mom and my best friend were there and we left and he didn't show up until sometime later that night when it was time for dinner because he was on drugs that made him want to eat. And I thought, I will not raise a daughter, not to mention my two-year-old son, with a father that is not present. I will not do it. And not to mention, even if he was present, he wasn't mentally because he was intoxicated. And something just clicked for me in that moment as a woman who just had a daughter, knowing I could not put her through that. Um, And I'd also gained some confidence in the career that I was in and seeing what other relationships looked like and knowing that 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 was something that I could have. Um, And if he wasn't going to be that and seek counsel or do anything, I couldn't live in that anymore. It was not healthy. And I had a a little bit of hope that maybe me walking out would make him change. Um, And we had separated a few times before that too, so I kind of knew that he wouldn't. But when he responded in the way he did of, okay, bye, and just continued on with his lifestyle, I knew I was done. So I think we need to take a second here just to speak for – for Mike Petyak, because hmm. if he were here, he would say, thank God you left. Thank yes. God you left. 
So I, I love what you're pointing out that there was this realization that there's a better life possible. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of hangar men who are trapped in really difficult situations a lot because of their own initiation kind of convince themselves that this is the best life that this particular woman is going to have in any territory anywhere because we know all their junk and this is just you know we've settled in here and they just don't believe that that jump is going to be taken but I think it's good for hangar men to hear there are other men out there that are doing a good job and those men will be seen Absolutely. Um, not seen to seek out valid for that woman to seek out validation but maybe it's just planning that idea I could have that too. You know, that Mm -hmm. could be possible for me too. Also hearing that that life change and life change comes along unexpectedly uh, for that life change to happen and your maternal instinct kicked in said, okay, I've put up with this for for a while and probably could for a lot longer, but I'm not putting somebody else through this. Mm -hmm. So I just, I'm kind of wanting to call out in your answer, these things that men should be prepared for if they've settled into some sort of mediocre or abusive relationship inside of their territory to understand that there are things outside of their control that could cause all of this to be over in an instant. Yes. Uh, so that being the case, it means that they need to step up in the things that are in their control to be able to handle those things that, that come in. Because eventually the women in our territory are going to start looking over the fence. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, if you're not doing the job you're supposed to be doing, it could be over sooner than you realize. Just a strong sense of warning there. Uh, so what about what about you, Wendy? What, what did it take for you? Um, hmm. Honestly, I, I had just gotten to a place where I had prayed a lot. I had been in counseling for a while. And I had uh, finally started to feel worthy again of love and it wasn't even from him it was just from god really um and just by seeing that i remember um some friends who really didn't know what i was going through at all and uh in one of my gym classes i was teaching after class just pulled me aside and said look we don't we don't really know what you're going through but we just we just wanted to approach you and and tell you this we just see a lot of hurt behind your eyes. Mm-hmm. Like the smile's not faking anybody. And um, they were both crying and they didn't really know any, they didn't know anything about what I'd been through because women don't talk about it. They just don't. Wait, stop, 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 stop. Women don't talk about okay, it? No, we don't. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's very embarrassing. It's I'm shameful. literally shocked. No, I'm right not now. even kidding you. When What I went through, it, my best friend, you never knew what no. I went through. We will never. build a man up. Mm hmm. Yeah. To hide that. So this is what, yeah, that's essentially what had happened with myself is that, um, you know, they said, we just ask you to go home and, and can you just pray to God to open your eyes? That's all we're asking you to do. Just pray to God to open your eyes. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Like, I'm not going anywhere. I am here for life. You know, this is what I'm supposed to do. And, In this crappy relationship. And this, I'm yeah, committed. I just thought like maybe he would see the light of day, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe one day it'll stop. Maybe one day it'll be better. Um, if this person is reading the Bible three times as much as I am, surely at some point something's going to happen. And um, when I got home, I, I did just that. Like I did what they asked. And a few hours later, um, there were, you know, a lot of words that were said to me that I knew had I been a man, it would have been a brawl in the front yard. Wow. And I just, I started doing more of that, a lot more of that. And um, the more I did it, the more I saw of it. And then the more I was solidified in my heart um, that I would rather be alone for the rest of my life than to be what I am in now. And I can remember um, 
call my sister crying one night over uh, a nasty fight. And um, she said, I fear that you have battered wife syndrome hmm. because you've only ever made excuses for all the things that you've been put through. And what if your daughter came to you and said the same thing? And when she said that, it just ripped me apart because yeah. I can't imagine my daughter coming to me making excuses for the way that I was making excuses for the things that I had been through. And I just knew that, okay, well, if this is God's plan for me, then he's got to show me the way to get out. And the second I prayed it, he provided the door and like every step of the way, just here's how you're going to get out and this is how I'm going to save you. And he did. And so for guys out there that are struggling with anything in that, you got to know that your woman knows in her heart. Like yep. and when she went in her heart, when she knows that there's something else that's better or she would rather be alone than to be in the abuse or the, to be in the hurt of it, um, it's going to end and it's going to end disastrously. Um, and so if you could, if anything, look inside your heart and listen to the people around you, because if one or two people are saying, don't do this, you're going to make a mistake, then those people are telling you what you need to hear. You just don't want to hear it. Yep. And I think that that's just a big, you're hearing it from a woman. Hanger men need to have another, a group of men around them. And then if you are in that group of men, for another hanger man, you need to have the balls to call him out on mm -hmm. his stuff. Like you need to say, bro, you need to shape up because you are not treating your wife right. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, that's just right now. Um, just hearing your stories, there's so much at stake in the way we interact with the women in our territory. And it goes so deep that we don't even realize, you know, we have, and, 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 you know, it sounds when you say it, but I have to say it, we have so much power. Mm -hmm. And when you're not mature, when you're not a man, you can't handle that power. But it doesn't just like, you don't just lose your job or you don't, you know what I mean? It's like you are damaging a person. Generations. Yeah, generations. Of, it's just, yes. man, it's, I mean, it's like... It, it, and I say it almost every episode, but it's like, you know, ruck up, hanger man. I mean, you've got to do something. You've yeah. got to you've got to get into a community. You have to listen to the words, take the warning, because, um, man, I just I don't even know how to I don't even know how to say it because it's it's I'm I'm, I'm like pissed off right now. You know what I mean? I'm, At the way that they were treated. Yeah, I'm really yeah. pissed off. Like, I just want to hit somebody. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting pretty emotional myself. But I, it's I'm starting to think that the work that we're doing here could prevent two other women from sitting in these kind of chairs in the future. And that seems worth it. I, I, rolling back to some things that we talk about here a lot, one of the things that we've said is it's good for hangermen to ask questions of the people that are around them. But what I'm figuring out listening to the two of you mm -hmm. is that if, if your husband at the time came to you and said, what's it like to be married to me? Mm -hmm. This is a question that we tell hangermen to ask often. Right. What's it like to be married to me? They would not have been able to handle the answer. So what do we do? How do we give them some advice that works? I think the key is in what's Mo, what Mo is saying is that you go to your brotherhood, and I'm going to guess that these men didn't have that. Absolutely not. They, they were probably faking it. Not they the had. right no, kind. No, I was going to yeah. say, no, no he, there, there was a group, but it was, it was a fake one. Yeah, it surface level. On, it was very surface level. Yeah, very much so of only I'm going to tell them what I want them to know. Right. So even when it, the conversation was, um, 
you know, what does it look like to be married to me? Or it was, uh, the response I gave was, was nine times out of 10. Well, because you're doing these things to promote me to be aggressive or you're forcing me to be this way. Or, I mean, the the result always came back on me. And Mm -hmm. when you're still in that place, even if the question is asked the right way, the result is always the same. It's still going to internally come back on the woman where we feel like, oh, wow, he's right. Maybe I should be doing more of these things as well. So it's still a manipulation in some way. And if you think, I hate to say it, guys, but I'm going to be brutally honest. If you think for one second your girl won't leave you, she will. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a strong difference between charisma and character, and mm-hmm. most guys confuse the two. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point I'm making is that we, you've got to take this question to your brotherhood first. Absolutely. Something that you can hear from men, some honest feedback that you can hear from men asking this question, I think, hang your man first, what's it like to be friends with me? Mm-hmm. Because these sort of things aren't going unnoticed with men either. The guys that are doing these things behind closed doors to women are usually very closed off to their friend base. So for a man to be able to say to another man, I feel like I don't really know you. I don't really know your story. You're really good at hiding. Once you start having those conversations with other men, you can handle that rage and it will probably be a brawl outside the restaurant or however mm-hmm. it works. But all that happened, the, the, the risk of damage is much less there than it is in the, in the relationship between husband and wife. And I, th- this is such a beautiful conversation because no one that I'm aware of is having this publicly. We're just kind of pretending that everything's fine until the proverbial, you know, what hits the fan. And then we go behind closed doors and have a conversation with somebody who's probably underqualified to really help the relationship. And it's probably about four years too late in my Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. So we're calling this out right now to say it is the man's job to understand the power that he has in the relationship. Now, we do need to acknowledge that women have a lot of power in the relationship as well. But I think that lane has been traveled for a very long time. What we haven't been honest with men about is the fact that the way that they participate in a relationship with women in their territory could cause generational damage. And we're only talking about the one that they're married to. What about the one that they work with? What about the one that they're an influence over just at the soccer field, a lot of times men invite other because they don't like how it's going with the woman that's in their territory that they're married to. They invite other women into that ter- territory to try to fake taking care of them. We don't have time for that conversation now. But one thing I want to do just wrapping up today is to celebrate the fact that the two of you have made it out and you're on a journey of health in very different spots. I mean, it's uh, newer for you, Wendy, than it is for you, Megan. But I just want to hear kind of what it looks like for a woman to start to recover because mm-hmm. I sit down with a lot of hanger men that are in this very position. It's just all gone to hell in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. The relationship dissolves, and then it seems like the woman starts to get healthy much faster. Mm-hmm. And then that frustrates mm-hmm. the man because, like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, where was this when we were married? And mm-hmm. what they don't realize is it's because their influence has now been removed. Mm-hmm. So I just want to hear from them because a lot of guys, they can't sit down with their ex-wives and say, hey, what are you doing to get healthy? Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think a lot of things would start to make sense for them if they could hear. This is how it goes for a woman, at least the initial steps once they leave. What has that been like for y'all? For me, um, I was able to restore friendships, lifelong friendships that had kind of come to a halt because they wanted nothing to do with him. And having those friendships back in my life made a big difference. It built confidence. Um, my husband, you mentioned him earlier, he came into our lives pretty quickly after my divorce. And he has spent years fixing things 
that were broken. Um, abandonment issues with my son because he remembers his biological dad. Um, trust issues with me, which go deeper than that. But he spent years fixing those things. Um, but walking through that, learning how to talk about it and be open about it. Um, and then, I mean, most of all, just allowing myself to feel worthy of God's love mm-hmm. because that was the biggest thing. I was so full of shame for everything, even for what he had done to me, that I didn't feel worthy of that at all. And so coming to a place where I felt worthy of that and then being able to see that life was better and I could move on and I could do better things and I wasn't stuck in that pit anymore. Outside of that forced trauma, you were able to become the person you knew you could Mm -hmm. be without that there. So that immediate relief caused you to uh, tap into that strength that you had honestly done a lot of work to push aside Mm -hmm. that was able to to come back in. I I think this is something that men get very confused about. We think, well, that's just a weak woman and she'll always be a weak woman. Mm -hmm. Actually not the case. She's just been bludgeoned enough Mm -hmm. to give in. And when that stops, then you guys tend to take off. It's it's incredible how you can almost write it down. The woman's going to begin that process of recovery faster. I think it's because deep down you you have that belief in yourself that probably that abusive man doesn't have. And it's probably why he's being abusive mm-hmm. uh, g- generally. How about for you? Um, gosh, I just really dove into a lot of reading, just a lot of one-on-one time with God and a lot of counseling because when I had, you know, initially the initial separation, I was still walking in there saying I deserved every kick and punch I got. Mm-hmm. Like that's just how I felt. You know, I just did not feel like I was deserving of anything more. And so when I really dug into how God sees me and how I, I, am worthy and do deserve happiness it took on a whole different trajectory for me and I stood taller if that makes sense like I don't feel like I was like walking around kind of slouched like I was just like I found the internal joy and peace that I had just longed for um and then in addition to that my doctor said well he was your reason you were on medication all along you don't need this like this was the reason Mm-hmm. This was circumstantial. And so I think over just hearing a lot of that, it began to build me back up the way that I needed to. And I found a good group of women who could hold me accountable when I was having my bad days of, I, I'm just, I feel depressed. I'm sad. I don't deserve this. And I'm saying, no, not nah, that Satan. Don't go there with that. That was your past. You got to let it go. Um, and I could be that for my kids as mm-hmm. well and be fine with, being alone and like this past Thanksgiving there was zero drama and I thanked God all day as you should it was (laughs) (laughs) because it was the first one I had in years where there was no drama and no arguments and yelling and it was amazing I mean I was just thank you God all day long for having this and I'm on my own and I enjoy that I really do enjoy having that in my life well, I want to say to both of you, just thank you so much for the yeah. the courage, the bravery uh, to be able to speak this out out to men who probably, because of our belief in how God directs things, probably desperately 
needed to hear this part of the conversation before it's too late for their own relationship. Um, I'd just like to wrap up this way, uh, just with, we do this a lot with our guests, just a quick piece of advice. Here's how we stage this question. If you could uh, grab a hanger man, just any, any general hanger man by his shoulders and lock eyes with him and say, this is the most important thing that I will ever tell you, what would that thing be? Crickets. Megan, <laughs> um, be in relationship with other men that you can talk to honestly about your problems, but don't be afraid to talk to your wife about them as well. Mm. Be open, let her know those things, but don't expect her to be your counsel. Got it. That's good. Okay, I have to be a little brutally honest. I, be honest with yourself. Yes. I mean, I have struggle with this all the time because sometimes you know, the people and I'm like, oh, you're lying to yourself right now. Why are you doing that? Like if you know outside your head, if you heard this from someone else and if someone else just said that to you, you'd pop them in the face. Mm-hmm. Be honest with yourself. Yeah. Like that's not something that's deserving of for you to say to your kid or your mom or your sister or anybody else or even another guy. Like just be respectful, but inside in yourself knowing this is ugly. Mm-hmm. This is so ugly. And if your wife was driving to see another man right now, how in the world would that make you feel? I mean, just be honest with yourself and knowing that that conviction in and of itself can drive you to the right place of God and a good group of men to say, what do I do? And just start. You just have to start somewhere to move forward. I mean, fail forward. It's right. the best thing to do. Fail forward. But you got to move forward. 